Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to the side that has fallen to sixth in the Scottish Premiership, Heart of Midlothian Football Club. The domestic game in Scotland is back and joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss Hearts' return, the return of the singe, is Daniel McIver. How are you, McIver? I'm doing good. Saying we're down to six like that is a wee bit harsh. I know it's technically true, it's just but right. like, yeah. I, I feel I feel sad after the weekend. That's fair. Uh, yeah, doing good. Uh, I've had a week and a half of work, back to work tomorrow, so dreading that. So that's class. Nice. But Fiorentina <laughs> coming to Tynecastle, and that will be a laugh. How are you? Oof. I. I uh... Average. Uh, I'm a I'm a ruthless insomniac <laughs> at the minute. Um, can't sleep. Uh, worried about my football club in the month ahead because it looks absolutely grim. Uh, but what are you dreading more? Going back to work or the thought of Fiorentina running riot in Gorgie? Well, at least with Fiorentina, I'll get to see cool players. At work, I don't. I just stare at a screen. So I'm I'm honestly more dreading work, but that's just because I can go, oh, look, Luka Jovic looks cool as he gets his hat-trick in the opening yeah. 15 minutes. I mean, Fiorentina are one of those sides that they've always had, like, a banging kit. I've not seen either of their yeah. kits this season, but I suspect they're absolutely it's good. stunning. I've only seen their home, but it's class. Oh, dear. That's, that's great. That's really encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's to come. Um, of course... There is a small manner of a match at the weekend that we really don't want to discuss, but we have to discuss because this is a Hearts podcast and we're we're keeping it relevant, we're keeping it current. Um, And speaking of current, before we go around the grounds, uh, our current TV deal will be for no longer, obviously, the SPFL and the Scottish Premiership and Sky Sports all working in tandem, doing... A great job of broadcasting our game. Um, however, the SPFL has finalised a new £150 million live broadcast deal with Sky Sports. Uh, Scottish Premiership clubs have approved a proposed new contract for 2025 through until 2029. Uh, this will obviously increase the amount of games that are shown. Currently it's 48 allegedly, uh, and it'll take it up to 60, uh, and Sky will also show domestic games in Scottish women's football this season. Um, McIver, what do you uh, make of that? Right. I know I should care. Right? I know. I know I should. But I have no opinion on TV deals. I don't care. I just, like, every, I know I should it should matter to me. Yeah, it should matter to me as a fan, but I I do not care how Scottish football is represented in the world. I like cool like sound. I I know that for clubs it's way more important, but and I think we what was it Rangers and Livingston seem to be the two teams that were against it or something, and Aberdeen were like the team that was really for it. And Aberdeen released that statement. I, I mean, trying to ask me to lean on the advice of another Scottish club, it's like choosing which disease you want to contract. I saw that Aberdeen got like, like tore apart for their statement. I'll be honest, I didn't read the statement, but I just saw people. Oh, like, that's nice the, to see. Yeah, <laughs> that's the amazing. Great that great account is it SPFL Media Watch? Yes, is that what it is? Yeah, they the account, did yeah. a they did a really good thread, kind of just going every sentence you've said is bollocks. And I read <laughs> that thread, so that was insightful. But I was like, okay, this is clearly a lot of people are really opinionated on this, and I was like, I'm I just want to see Stephen Humphreys play football. That's my <laughs> that's where I am. How do you feel about it? Because you clearly feel more passionately about it than me. Better watch what I say with regards to you know future employment um, opportunities. That may <laughs> oh, arise. it's a great start. It's a great. Start. Uh, Neil Doncaster is well worthy of his hefty salary. He's doing a really great job for our game. Do you I agree that he's a clown? By the way, I agree that he's an idiot. Just because I decade about the TV deal doesn't mean I think he's amazing. Like he's an absolute idiot. I don't know. I don't know why my train of thoughts instantly hark back to this. But do you remember when the league had no sponsor? I mean, what a time to be alive! <laughs> that in itself is iconic. 
Oh, God bless Scottish football. And another reason why you have me saying God bless Scottish football is, of course, the weekend's matches. We're going to go around the grounds. Uh, our match was, of course, the early Saturday lunchtime kickoff uh, before five matches uh, at three o'clock on a Saturday. Um, obviously, great that Sky deemed one of them, you know, worthy of broadcast on a Sunday afternoon. Um, but yeah, Derek McInnes' return to Pataudry was an unhappy one. Aberdeen battering Kilmarnock by four goals to one. Um, there was a goal of the season contender at Parkhead, and I'm not talking about Rio Hitati's strike because Joseph Juranovic and Joe Hart's link up from Motherwell's goal was absolutely out of this world. Um, Stevie May looks a man reborn. St Johnston look like they might might actually stay up after a 2-1 win over an absolutely hopeless Dundee United at Tannadice. Uh, Hibs won up in the Highlands, nobody cares about that. Uh, and this season's surprise package, St Mirren, continuing to pick up points, grind out victories, um, successfully doing so in Paisley thanks to a 2-1 win over Davy Martindale's Livingston. That was the only correct score that I got right uh, at the weekend there between the Buddies and the Lions. What did you make of the other quintet of Scottish Premiership matches, mate? Uh, continuing the trend of this podcast, I have seen none of the goals of any... Oh. Uh, I've seen... Actually, Great. that's not true. I've seen Stevie May. Because, yeah, everyone on Twitter was just speaking about how Stevie May's now went back to, like, 2013. And I'm all for it. Because I like Stevie May. <laughs> uh, I just appreciate it. And I saw the Gowser thing where he got, like, his shorts pulled down. And stuff <laughs> that was like brilliant, that. to be fair. That was funny. <laughs> Big fan <laughs> of that. But yeah, basically, so I think St Mirren and Dundee and uh, Livingston will be kind of the battle for the last spot in the top six. And I don't know. I don't know who it will be. St Mirren look like the safe guest just now because they just seem to be fit and firing in all cylinders. But Martindale is like Martindale's amazing. Man. Oh, he's a god. Martindale. Yeah, he's a god. I've so totally changed my opinion on that guy. He's like he's so good at doing at getting players to do what he wants them to do. It might not be like flashy or anything like that, but it's like look what he's turned Holt into. He's turned Holt into like this incredible like Macaulay in the middle of the park think of that when he was at us in the championship plays a number 10 and I always liked Jason Holt and wish he was like better why are you mocking my decision <laughs> the, to the West Lothian Macaulay <laughs> yes exactly right so I think they're going to do really well I think the narrowness of that game showed that it's it's going to be tight between those two. Dundee United are just terrible. Sorry, before you get into Dundee United, you said about the top six. That's quite mm-hmm. ironic, given that they've obviously both missed out on it in the past few seasons. Yeah. Yeah. What I, I take it your top your top six is obviously the top two: us, Hibs, and Aberdeen. Yes, like I think within the, those five are nailed on. I think it's almost nailed on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dundee United are definitely no getting at the top six. <laughs> You know it's bad when Tony Watts having to come out and say we're definitely not going to get relegated. Which means they're going to get relegated. (laughs) Why would you say this? But then our man Martindale said that last season and I thought that was a mistake. And Well no, didn't he say, didn't Martindale say our aim is to not get relegated? No, he was was asked early on about it. I think it was, I want to say it was Brian McLaughlin at the Beeb that asked him. And he he said, "I, I can assure you we will not get relegated. And I just thought to myself, that is he was just... Right. Well, of course, because he's a genius. But ultimately, <laughs> I thought, that is, you're asking for it. Yeah. I think, though, no one thought Livingston were going to get relegated last season. A lot of people now start to think... That, what was that thing? Was it last season? Somebody at Dundee kept being like, there's still 100 points to play for or something like that. And they just, like, never won any games. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like that's what's happening now with Dundee United. <laughs> Your focus always shifts on to tomorrow that never arrives. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, Killy are just terrible apart from against us. So yeah, we'll get that later. Yeah, yep, definitely. <laughs> I still don't know how good Aberdeen are. I can't work them out. And we're now getting to like nearly ten games into the season where they either look like they could turn up and batter somebody or look like they could just get battered themselves. My off skill looks class. Yeah, them and St Johnston are the two that I can't quite put my yeah. finger on just yet for me. 
And then the only thing I've seen from the Celtic game is the Joe Hart thing, where he like pretends to be knocked out, which is really funny. (laughs) Oh my god! I mean, if that Celtic win, say every week, but if that was you know who, just 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 sing. Just, um, maybe don't use this week as a good example. No. Actually, oh no, I, I no, yeah, that was really daft from me. Yeah, let's, let, let's move on, um, because that man and ten of his mates would take on <laughs> Rangers at Town Castle on Saturday lunchtime. How shite is it? And I know that I said this in the podcast before we went before the international break, but how shite is it that? Not only do Hearts pick up wins heading into the international break, but you then come back. I know it's a great game in terms of from a neutral standpoint, but I want one of the teams to win. Third versus second should be billed like brilliant. This is fantastic, but not when not when your team are one of said two. I just I just feel so underwhelmed. Like this this month is tricky enough as it is. Why give us second place right at the start of it? Yeah, it's it's just our luck. I will be honest though, when the team came out, I was I was a happy man. Oh, we had reason to be encouraged. I was going to blame Neil Doncaster, but I don't think it's him that makes up the fixtures. So let's just talk about the team. Um, <laughs> Robbie Nielsen made one change from the side that defeated Motherwell by three goals to nil at Fir Park, and that was Stephen Humphreys being handed a first start in Gorgie at Andy Halliday's expense. Um, <laughs> sorry I was going to ask are you happy to see Andy Halliday drop for this particular match but that would just set the conspiracy theorists off so I'm not even going to bother um, I at first glance actually thought that we'd gone 4-4-2 it looked pretty Same. flat in midfield um, later it became apparent that it was a, a 4-2-3-1 with Gordon and goal obviously back four of Michael Smith uh, Lewis Nielsen, Stephen Kingsley and Alex Cochran uh, Cami Devlin and the German fella Keo uh, Keo in the middle of the park uh, with Alan Forrest on the left Barry Mackay taking off a central lo- a central role uh, and Stephen Humphreys out on the right supporting Lawrence Shankland up front um, I take it you also fell into that trap of thinking that it was two up yeah yeah basically I, I looked at that and just thought oh Barry Mackay out wide left Forrest wide right, Keo and Cammy in the middle, yeah. Shankland and uh, Humphreys up front. But no, it was um, it was a four two three one, which or or a four three three. They're very similar, like whatever way you look at it. Um, a lot of people expected Nielsen to be quite defensive because traditionally against the old firm he has, and you could see by the reaction online that ironically after the game finished, the one person with question marks over him was Humphreys because it was like, oh well. Halliday's been good in recent weeks. Do we not want to overload the midfield? But if we're playing that, Gino's actually been all right in the last couple of appearances. We do not play him wide right. But no, looking at the team, I don't think many people could complain. We clearly set up to have a go. We're going to try and create chances. And that was bas- that's basically all you want when you play one half of the old firm, especially at home. And it proved a fantastic start. <laughs> Falling behind after just five minutes. <laughs> Um, look, we we got off lightly after three. Uh, James Tavernier's corner was cleared off the line. It looked to be by Lauren Shankland. Uh, however, I did allude to it there uh, just five minutes before the visitors took the lead in the capital. Uh, Connor Goldson sends a long ball forward, headed clear by Lewis Nielsen. Antonio Cholak intercepts, sends a wicked first-time ball out on the left flank to Ryan Kent, who crosses from deep, finds the Croatian once more, an emphatic header, nodding against the right-hand post. And I'm not going to lie, as much as it was annoying to see the ball hit the back of the net, it's just one of those aesthetically pleasing finishes. And they go ahead after five minutes. Kyber. I um, I said last week I really wanted Morelos to start. I think I said even in that that I know he'll still score, but I think I was really worried about Cholak and I said last episode that I really like Cholak annoyingly like he's he's just a proper number nine like I I don't really like it when people say 
Oh, he's just a classic number nine in the sense of all he does is score. He has good link-up and good passing and stuff like that, but it's his like best that. strength is definitely just in the penalty box. He's that so clinical. instinct, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that, to me, was the tail of the game up until a certain moment in the second half, where, in the first half, sorry, where we actually, I even think in that first five minutes, we looked quite good. And it all was through that person that I said maybe had question marks initially, Stephen Humphreys, where my dad, my dad describes him as he looks like a rugby player. Like he doesn't he look does. like a footballer. <laughs> I thought we were making that one of the quiz questions, but I couldn't find if he played rugby at a, yeah. at a younger age. He does. Like, he's so huge, but he's also really fast. And clearly the game plan was hit him. And I felt that was working. But with Cholak and with Rangers generally, they were just so clinical and it was like, right, I think Kingsley's partly to blame, which will be a theme for this first half, because in the middle of the park, Nielsen heads it out and Kingsley takes, he kind of pisses about with the ball and it allows Cholak yeah. to nick it. Um, I was going to say, talking about Stephen Humphreys, obviously, he, as we'll get on to, was probably the main positive from a Hearts perspective. Mm-hmm. Do you think him being chucked on that right-hand side was to ask questions of Borna Barisic, potentially seen as the weak link yeah. in that Rangers team. And Davis was on the left-hand side of the back four as well, who was obviously just very new into the side. Yeah. So I think the idea was... Yeah, potentially just double up. up on him and then it gives Shanklin yeah. more space or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, again, it's weird to say, considering the result, but I think if, like, watching the 90, I feel like Humphreys was working really well. Like, I know he didn't end up doing anything but like Davis gets a booking really early on Barisic gets bullied by him a couple of times early on and I was just we'll get to him in a wee bit more and more detail but I was really happy but then yeah it's like here we go again like for all the stuff we've created five minutes we're 1-0 down already and it was through Stephen Humphreys that we'd actually look to respond Uh, our only shot on target coming after nine minutes um Sad, sad, sad. He hits that ball hard. Do you think? Oh, it's like, I couldn't believe I've not seen it back. I I actually think when I watched it back, it doesn't, it appears as though it's sort of relatively routine for McGregor. I don't know if that sounds harsh. I just, I don't know. It might be routine because it is right at him. But my, again, I might disagree with with, uh, myself when I see it back. But my initial reaction was, Jesus Christ, he can hit a ball really hard. Yeah. Uh, Look, I'll I'll take your word for it. I think what I have noticed with Rangers in recent Tynecastle performances is they're constantly looking for diagonals, long balls. Mm -hmm. Alex Cochran obviously sends that superb switch over to Humphreys and we sort of look to do exactly what they'd done to us. What were the goals? And, you know, even last season, the game where they killed it off early with the 2-0... I think it's Joe Rebo's goal that Connor Goldton yeah. plays that long diagonal and, mm-hmm. you know, Aribo did what he did. Um, but it did seem like we weren't just sort of settling, that we were trying to get back into the game. Um, t- let's just talk about Stephen Humphreys because I presume that you're just going to wax lyrical. Like, there's not many positives, so we're as well just starting He's with one them. of two. In my opinion, he's one of two positives. Okay. Um, We'll get to the other positive later on. I said after the Livingston game, when we got beat and Humphreys was, for some reason to me at the time, and especially now in hindsight, he was the main whipping boy for yeah, a Yeah, he was thrown in the deep end, wasn't he? Yeah, and some people were saying, like, he's just another Cole Stockton. He's just, he's immediately terrible. He looks absolutely shite. And my response, which I, I feel like was a balanced one, was maybe let's not judge him 36 hours after he signed playing an hour on a plastic pitch. I, 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 I wonder who else argues this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's maybe a novelty, wow. but since that Livingston game, I think he's been fantastic and the Rangers game was the best. He's so fast. He's so... Wigan fans kept saying to us, It'll take him a wee bit of time to get some end product, but immediately you'll see that he runs for every ball, even if it's dead. He'll jump for everything. I couldn't believe the amount of headers he won. 
Even in the second half, when we were losing out in terms of 10 men, every single time the ball went up to him, he would win it for a flick on. The problem was there was nobody there to flick on to. <laughs> but he kept winning them. Even when Goldson moved across, he was winning headers up against Goldson. He's so fast, he can actually use his strength really well. He's built like Uchi. And remember those first like 12 games where Uchi just no one knew Bodied how to deal with Uchi. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel that with. He's not got the same end product Uchi had in that time yet. But. I feel like that's almost not his fault because there was a time, I don't know if you mentioned it because I can't remember when it was. Is it because we're unfamiliar with that system? Perhaps, Maybe. That he's not played on the right-hand side before and we've not, like, we haven't tried this. So yeah, this is new to everybody. I do apologise if you're about to mention it, but we had a chance where Forrest plays a great pass to Humphreys. And there's a moment when I'm like, Shanklin was just offside for the whole move. And you can see Humphreys like, screaming at me like get outside get outside <laughs> and then it eventually leads to nothing and Shankland is really apologetic but it's stuff like that like that's not his fault he's made a great run he's trying to play a ball across to get an assist but there's no one there for him to give the assist to you were you were talking about kind of running for every ball like challenging for headers it's funny how we view players as fans some would argue that that should be a bare minimum for a footballer, but it's, he seems like he's going to be one of those players that a fan really appreciates because he's given it his all. And admittedly, sometimes it doesn't come off, but that doesn't prevent him from doing so. Um, it's why I, I really I, I, like I, I, Alan Forrest, right? Yeah, we, because... we sort of need everybody to be on that same wavelength, and then you feel as though it's all just going to come together. It still feels very bit part. It feels sort of, I don't know... Scattered elsewhere. Do you do you know what I'm alluding to? Yeah, definitely. And on that, that's what I was going to say. I like Alan. Alan Forrest has been frustrating to some people, right? Which I can understand because in some games he's been fantastic, in other games he's been quite quiet. But I feel like even at, a lot of people seem to be having an issue with his final product. I don't have as big an issue because I'd rather he's making the chances and fucking them up than doing nothing like GMS yeah. does for most games, right? And I feel like that with Humphreys. Like, so far, yeah, he's got no goals or assists. But in most games where he's played, I feel like he's been a positive spark. And It's I'm, an impact. Yes, exactly. That's, that's the best word for it. And I'm more than willing to accept a lack of end product if he's still involved often. Like, yeah. that was the thing last season with Barry Mackay. For ages, he didn't get a goal or an assist. But every Hearts fan was like, he's one it's of our best come. players. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. I hope that's the case with Humphreys because so far I've really liked him and he was our best player not by far because I think there was one other player who was close to him but I thought he was excellent on Saturday the uh, the way that you were discussing Alan Forrest there was literally a carbon copy of Barry Mackay like it seems as though fans are more likely to pick up on Alan Forrest going missing than they are Mackay going missing can we speak about him now? Reason. By all means, the floor is yours. Is there any point in playing him in any big games? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Christ, you want to get off that fence, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> like, listen, I love Barry Mackay more than I love most Hearts players in recent years, right? Baller. Because he's amazing. But Craig Fowler <laughs> said it in the evening news where it's now... Oh, no, actually, I think he just said it on Twitter. No, sorry, Laurie said it. Laurie made the point that it's now becoming not just a, oh, he's not turned up in that game, but it's all right kind of thing. Now it's like, right, something needs to happen or he's getting dropped. Because there's like, he does nothing in big games. It's not even that he's quiet. It's that we had five chances in the first half. Four of them broke down when they got to Barry Mackay. That's no longer just like, Oh, okay, it's Barry Mackay, but then he does amazing against the wee teams. It's like, yeah, he does do amazing against the wee teams, and that's why it's like, that he's so good against the weird teams, it's like, Jesus Christ. But what do we do on Thursday? <laughs> do we play him on Thursday? Because the whole, the, and the right belief is, is that often without him, we don't have any creativity. But I was banging that like, drum last season, but you'd like to think that Forrest has come in and alleviated that pressure. The likes but of also George Grant, Robert Snodgrass, whoever. 
in big games, he doesn't do anything. So we have no creativity. So what is his purpose in those big games? And <laughs> it's no wonder her big game record recently has been absolutely <laughs> shocking. Yeah, he does nothing in them. And it is now like, I, I'm not one to be like, therefore now, Barry Mackay is bad. Like, that's <laughs> mental, right? But... He's never been good. We've never rated him. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> always had these issues. But... He does also deserve... He's not just, like, someone who's above criticism. Like, he needs to... It now needs to be... Come on. and Even just once. Just turn up in one big game and I'll be like, right, there's something. He's the best player in the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I get... I get outsiders wanting him involved in the Scotland squad. But then I really think to myself, is 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 he worthy of being an international footballer if... Look, it turns up. Most I think it of the depends time. the context yeah. of who you're playing. Yeah, against Malta, playing... Liechtenstein, yeah, exactly. by all means, against <laughs> yeah. the Pharaohs, San Marino, whoever. Down at Wembley, it's a different matter. Yeah, now that we've got promoted to the Nations Group <laughs> A, I think he's playing against Spain and Germany and all. No, I can't see him being called up for that playoff final for a place <laughs> in 2024. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, but no matter. Um. Look, Speaking about Scotland squads and people getting ruined in them, let's move on to the next goal. Oh, okay. I was going to touch on the uh, the Scott Arfield chance where it breaks them and he cuts in with that left foot, just bends it past Gordon's right hand post. I mean, that was oh, absolutely yeah. criminal. Um, but as you've alluded to, it would become two and a half hour mark. John Lundstrom sends a lovely long left footed pass forward yet another long ball that we just don't deal with um, Rabi Matondo takes on Alex Cochran slips in Ant- Antonio Cholak on the angle fires home a second all of a sudden we have a mountain to climb but what I did want to ask you with regards to the second goal is before you touch on Stephen Kingsley should Craig Gordon save that because for me I've seen the angle from behind the goal and the answer is a resounding yes. I think both Craig Gordon and Stephen Kingsley had their worst games for us. Totally agree. Since coming in and since returning. Now, that then doesn't just mean that you... I think for me that's just a, right, they both just need to forget about this game. Just go, right, didn't happen, move on. In fairness, is this... This is going to sound stupid to say, and please don't take this the wrong way, people, but is this a good game for them to drop on you? Yes, very, very yeah. much so. It's much worse to do it in a game we expect to win and 100%. therefore don't. 100%. Yeah, I, I fully, I think you're spot on in that regard. Yes, Gordon should absolutely be saving it. I know, as you say, it's Cholak. He's a really good finisher. And it's a nice finish, but I think we expect Craig Gordon to save yeah. that. Yeah, um, and, and, the, and the frustration is, I mean, we, we're both admirers of Cholak. These were his first two goals in the league away from Ibrox this season. I know it's early yeah. days, I know it's only October, but I don't know, I just... I, I just... I, I read into stuff like that. Like, rightly or wrongly, I just think that that's, that, that's not... That can't be good. No, I agree with that. <laughs> Shock along come hearts to hand you your first goals on the road. There you go, big man. Um, what happened at Scotland camp to Stephen King's and Craig Gordon? Was the Tom Kitchen cooking that bad with aim as well? Did they get involved in that? Like, they did just... And that's why I don't think you can read too much into it. And, like... I think it was just one of the games where it's like both of them were like, what is happening here? Like, we're just going to have a bad game. And everybody's going to have a bad game. And out of that entire side, they are the two with the most credit in the bank in terms of allowing them. 100%. Speaking about criticism and how, like, it's deserved for some players, I feel like what you have to say is they were really poor at the weekend. Most of the players were, but they especially were really poor. But you do just kind of go, ah, well, right. Let's move on. Hope it, if it then starts to happen more and more, that's when you criticise. You can allow uncharacteristic errors. They yeah, are they are human game. beings at the yeah. end of the day. Uh, like my viewpoint on this has changed in the last few years. I'm I'm no longer 
viewing footballers with the possible exception of Erling Haaland as robots <laughs> because that guy watching the Manchester derby at the weekend an absolute freak of nature but it, no matter um, but I will say this because I know what you're probably going to move on to the next big point right yes up until that oh, point don't and this will, this will this will sound weird right oh, no. and some people might disagree I actually thought As- we were getting on well this episode <laughs> I still think we had a chance at this really? point. I don't, I don't think we had a... I, by a chance, I don't mean we now have a chance to win the game. I just felt that we weren't as bad as a side 2-0 down inside half an hour. Like, we were creating chances. It's just that clinical thing where we take four or five for their one. Like, they get a chance and they take it and that's it. Yeah, that's the difference. But I was looking at the game going, not... How are we 2-0 down? This is insane. But kind of going, we've not been that bad. There's been other parts performances, especially at Tynecastle, where it's like, how are we not 4-0 down at half-time? But I felt like that you know. game was a bit like, oh, it's not that it's unfair because they took their chances and deserved to be ahead, very rightly. I wouldn't argue with anyone who said that. But I just felt that we were also like, all right, like we were still doing something. And then something happens that goes, right, that's it, the yeah, game's done, it's done. We, would you sort of say that it was like, I'm not saying it's to the same extent, but it's sort of like what Motherwell had to suffer with and us for part prior to the international break. That I Motherwell were arguably more dominant, or definitely yeah. more dominant, yeah, but there is that frustration where, yeah. But yeah. And all hope... <laughs> of, you know, grabbing a goal, getting back into the game, was wiped out on 38 minutes. Cammy Devlin sent off for a stamp on Rabi Matondo. I'm, I'm just amazed to hear this because you are quite possibly the biggest Cammy Devlin fan <laughs> yeah. that I know. And even you can't defend this challenge, this moment of, of madness. I just... Right. Here is the timeline of being in the stadium where the challenge happens... In, I'm right up the back, but oh, it happens in line with my seat. So I am, like, looking at it by... You're seeing him rushing over and the cogs are turning and it's just like, oh, no. He starts running over and my initial reaction is, what are you doing? Cochrane's there. <laughs> like, he's not going anywhere. He's on the halfway line. What are you doing? But, I'll be honest, I reacted like a lot of Hearts fans did because as I'm so high up, it just, to me, looked like Devlin barged into him. So when they got a red card, I was like most of the ground going, what? What is going on? How has he been sent off? Then, through the power of technology, yeah. I was sat on my phone <laughs> through the Sky Sports later, tweet. <laughs> and the Sky Sports tweet comes up, so I put it on, and suddenly four rows convene around my phone. <laughs> and the challenge happens and immediately the four rows go oh for fuck's sake <laughs> it's a red like you literally see it back once you don't need to see multiple replays to see oh did no exactly actually... there's, there's no contention that's yeah. it it is mental I don't and again I disagree that he's went in maliciously I think he's went in stupidly. <laughs> like, he's just went yeah. in with way too much pace where, of course, something like that's going to happen. Yeah, because even he's sort of startled as to why he's been shown the red. Yeah. it's. I, I get what you're meaning. I, I, he's sort of surprised because he's... I think he's of the mindset that he didn't mean to... I don't think he's went in Matondo going... Here. I don't think he's went, I'm going to snap him. Yeah. I don't think he's done that. I think he's it's went... just like, give him the fucking ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was he shouldn't have been in the position to do that because it's not like it's a... Because, again, part of it is that Matondo is static because yes. Cochrane is there with him, jockeying him. Devlin comes in with such pace that it's like... Even if he didn't make... I think even if he just did shoulder barge him slash push him, he might have got sent off just for that because of the pace he's running in. And was it Steve McLean who was the ref? Uh, no, was it not John Was it not John Robertson? No. 
Donald. Oh, it might have been. I don't know. It might have been. I can't, remember. The ref I, was, I can't remember, mate. Whoever the ref was, it's probably going to use the viewpoint, regardless of what Devlin does, is you've ran like 15 yards to make that challenge. You need to be spot on here, otherwise I'm going to send you off. And not only was Devlin not spot on, he literally just studs Matondo's ankles. And it's like, at that point, I, I really appreciate what Robbie said after it. He, he confronted Devlin, like, apologised to everyone in the dressing room. The issue isn't, for me, like, as much the red card in, in like, a disciplinary thing. Because can everyone calm down a wee bit when people are like, he's a walking red card. First red card he's ever had in his professional career. Like, calm down. But the issue is more he then left his teammates an hour against one half of the old firm with 10 men when we've got Fiorentina days away and need everybody fresh. That, for me, was the biggest thing. I do apologise, you were correct. It was Stephen McLean. Okay, Stephen McLean. So, so yeah, that, for me, was the biggest thing. It was like, I don't think he's meant to do it. He's just been very, very silly. And it has now meant the game's done. That's it. We cannot get back into it. And now we have to face just under an hour of our players getting extra tired when we've got such a big game on Thursday. I have to say, I don't know how you feel with regards to the managers of both old firm clubs, but I really like Giovanni Van Bronckhorst for, for whatever reason. And what was refreshing to me was that supposedly he's had a chat with Cammy Devlin to say... You see him holding his face. Yeah, like... the. He seems very complimentary of Devlin's game on the whole. He seems to be a big Cammy Devlin admirer, and he knows that that well, of course, and he <laughs> he knows that that's not his usual doing, and that he's he's a better player than that challenge suggests. Uh, but ultimately, we have just been sold down the river, and we were lucky to not go in three 0 down at the break. Um, <laughs> because Craig Gordon comes for a Borner Barisic cross, misjudges it, the ball falls for Scott Arfield to prod home, and it looks as though he's got his goal, but it was pulled back for a foul that never was. <laughs> it's the it's insane that that was given as a foul. It's the clearest goal ever. Gordon just panics and goes, "Oh no, I'm on the ground." It's like Joe Hart, like I'm on the ground. Ah, help! I've been hurt. No, he just fumbles it completely. It should have stood. If only we had VAR implemented from the start of a season rather than bringing it in halfway through a campaign. Is it the end of this month? No, it's not. It's not after the World Cup. No, but didn't they change it to the first round of fixtures? Oh, God, have they? I think, it, isn't it the first game oh, will be us Celtic? No. Isn't that the oh, first week? No, oh, that has got, that has got, like, <laughs> Stephen Elliott's ghost goal, like, John Gadetti's dive all Gidetti's dive is exactly oh, what I was thinking of. God. I might be wrong, I might be wrong, I'm not sure. I was adamant they were leaving, oh, that's really depressed me if that's true. I was adamant they were leaving it till after the World Cup. I'm going to try and find out. Oh, no. Oh, don't tell me. Look at us. Scottish Premiership introduction to be fast-tracked to before the World Cup. Why? why? A a set of fixtures? I don't know when it is, but it just says fast-tracked. No, let's move on. This is another debate. I'm going to get angry. (laughs) Um, Look, the second half was utterly pish. Um, yeah, there's nothing to speak about in the second <laughs> half. Doesn't matter. I want to speak about one person. Okay. I want to speak about Keo. The second positive, I presume. The second positive, because I'll be honest, already I'm starting to love him. Oh, uh, no. And listen. Oh, not this early, mate. Come on. You're, <laughs> this um, is the thing. You've caved. What are you doing? No, this is the thing. I know that I. The thing is, is that I like defensive players. <laughs> And I, like, my favourite Hearts players ever are mostly defensive players. We've been over this, you're a weirdo, we get this. Yes. (laughs) But, oh my god, I think everyone can appreciate how good he was. So, I've got stats for you, right? Oh, here we go. Uh, 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 The only only stat that I was going to go on to was Alfredo Morelos has now got... 10 and 9 against us. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Good night. Who cares about that? Ryan That's Kent. Yeah, well, let's not talk about the goals. Yeah. yeah. Positives are plenty. Keo, carry on. Right. He was only on for an hour. 
you played 60 minutes. You had the highest pass accuracy in our team out with the two centre-halves, who I don't think really count because most of their passes were to each other and to Gordon. That, right? that is such a misconception, I'm sorry. But, like, but, everybody views that as, like, a pass completion and all this. When I watch football now, it doesn't matter who it is, everybody tries to play out from the back. So the centre-halves and the goalkeeper are amongst the top touchers. Yeah, so that's why you ignore them. So, yeah. Keo had a 78% pass accuracy. Not bad. He had 29 attacking touches. He had two successful dribbles out of two. He had one out of two uh, accurate crosses. He won half of all these defensive tackles. He had five recoveries, the most in the game. Wait, where did you get all these? Sorry. Foot mob from, which uses Y Scout. Nice. Um, he won 67% of his ground duels, more than any other Hearts defensive player. Uh, um, he was fouled twice he lost possession zero times and he committed zero fouls I'm a big fan already and especially to do that in the first 15 minutes of that second half in the last 5 minutes of the first half when he's down to 10 men and I know Haring comes on but that as well. yeah exactly I was really impressed he's a very tidy player I don't think he's going to be too exciting in terms of attacking fruition I think he will be That's the link nice job is it who cares? Yeah, we've got other players to do that. I think he'll be the link between the defence and the attack. He is absolutely massive, by the way. He is huge. It was insane. He stood beside Alan Forrest when they came out, and it was like a dad and his wee boy. It was mental. But Bill Austin Powers mini-me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Dr. Evil. I fully agree that Humphreys was our best player. He was our the player who looked like we were going to do the most out of. But just behind him was Keo. thought he was so tidy. I feel bad that we didn't really mention him against Motherwell because I actually had a lot of opinions about him because I felt that in the first half an hour he really struggled. And he himself said that. He I mean, went, you, he couldn't... you did host that episode. But... I know, and I feel bad. I literally, <laughs> we finished recording and I went, shit, we didn't speak about Keo. Um, he, he himself said he struggled initially to adapt to the pace of the game. He couldn't believe how quickly the game was. And then I think in the Motherwell game, from the half an hour mark till the end of the 90, he didn't put a foot wrong. And I don't think he really put a foot wrong against Rangers as well. And that's a step up in terms of opposition. So, so far, two games, I've been really impressed with him and I hope it continues. And this will spell the end for Big Pedro. I don't necessarily think that's the case. If we continue, if we continue with this 4-3-3, Interesting. Even with Benny coming back into the equation, eventually, I can't wait to see my Congolese. Benny the does German. change it, but I think Benny and Keel are more similar. Oh no! Don't say that. I'm dreaming of a duo of Benny and Keel now. I think I would. I personally also would like love Kennedy, to see that. I would love to see a duo of Benny and Keel, but I think some fans would criticise that for being too defensive. And then just let the front four go and do their thing. Yeah, that's what I want. I would love that. That would be class. But I think people would say that's too defensive. Because you would need six defensive players then. That speaks volumes about the nick of hearts at the minute that we're looking forward to, like, future teams, future legends. (laughs) And then the current is just absolute shite in it. that is the thing, because we haven't really mentioned them, I think out of those four goals, Halkett prevents two of them. I think Halkett oh, prevents yeah, both no. How big a miss is he, man? And we've been banging that drum for years now. We've been saying how important Halkett is. And it's great that the entire fan base in the last year has kind of been like, oh, yeah, he is. He's our best defender. <laughs> those two right? Kerti Paisley clowns were right. <laughs> About one thing ever. <laughs> I think he's our most important defender and best defender. Kingsley's a better player, right? All right, a better footballer. Yeah. yeah, you could play Kingsley in centre mid, right, and he'd be class. But in terms of importance to our defence and in terms of being a defender, Halkett's best because he just is like, "Don't worry, I've got it." And, and we you're don't have defence that. obsessed. That's that's high praise. Also, so, we miss roles. I miss roles every second of life. Just miss a competent back no, four. I, th- I do think three. this is the case. Before he got hurt, Rolls was our player of the season. Him and Cochrane really? were our two best players. Right? He was averaging an 8.4 in his games. Right? I, Alex Cochrane, I think, is the contender 
I think Cochrane so far has played this no, season. But then I re- I've really liked watching Alan Forrest as well. I think Alan Forrest yeah. has been excellent. I just want them all back and playing with each other. It's so annoying. I feel like Fit 11 actually is really enticing yeah, from a Hearts absolutely. perspective. But God knows when we'll see that. Yeah. Um, and that was ultimately that. I mean, I alluded to Morelos getting his usual yeah. goal. Ryan <laughs> Kent. Uh, Rangers' biggest win in Gorgate since February 2008. What a start that is. Wow. When Jean-Claude Darshville and Nat Genovo both bagged braces. And they won by the same scoreline. So, tough afternoon. Yep. However. Got the easy wee thing. Yeah. It's great that we've got these nice fixtures to get us back into the swing of things. <laughs> um, focus turns to Fiorentina. What, what a, a sentence. I know. I never thought I'd be ushering those words. Oh, it makes me so happy. Well, does it? Like, it does, but equally <laughs> it doesn't. Um, of course, prior to our next episode... We will have two matches to discuss, and the first of which comes against Fiorentina at Tynecastle. Uh, Laviola take on the Jambos. I had to laugh when I saw this. Home and away with a match against Lazio, sandwiched in between in in uh, in Florence. Uh, we play host of the Italians uh, before travelling to Ayrshire to take on Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. <laughs> really back down the earth with a fucking bag. That is the epitome of European come down, isn't it? <laughs> that is hangover material. Um, Vincenzo Italiano's side are currently sat in 11th place in Italy's top tier, uh, both scoring and conceding just a seven goals uh, in eight matches, two wins, three draws and three losses, uh, the most recent of which came away to Atalanta at the weekend. What are you anticipating from, let's face it, Italian football royalty, McIver? An absolute fucking hiding. <laughs> That's what I'm expecting. Um, they've got players like Kone, Jovic, Zelensky. Bonaventura in the middle of the park, is it? Bonaventura in the middle of the park, just casually former Milan midfielder and just like, I know that everyone's like, well, they're on quite bad run of form. Their manager called out their forwards and stuff like that. They could prioritise the league. They don't give a damn about the conference. We're going to get battered, I fear. (laughs) Um, My big thing about this game is I personally would not risk Halkett. Kelly on Sunday of more importance to you? I don't even know if I'd play him then, because it's a plastic pitch, isn't it? Why did, why did last season we not vote to get rid of the Yeah, because Livy were literally Livy. the only representative. That was the chance. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what team I'd play, to be honest. I just know nice. I wouldn't risk Halkett because we did this against RFS. We literally did this. It was like, oh, well, you know, because, yes, I don't think we can get a result without Halkett against Fiorentina. But is it worth the risk of losing Halkett to another month? Because the league has to be the priority. Not for me, although we would then enter November. Our fixtures would obviously come to an end given the start of the World Cup. True, true. I, it's just where are we by that point? Put it this way, would you be... I was going to ask you about this because I know that Big Pete's had a torrid time of it this season in the middle of the park. This is a this would be a big big test for Lewis Nielsen, one that I don't think he's quite ready for. Would you be tempted to move Peter Haring to accompany Stephen Kingsley in a back four? Yeah, I would. Personally, I would. I'd play probably Cochrane, so. Kingsley, Haring, Smith. Yeah. As a back four, I know that that right hand side is slow. <laughs> and yeah. Well, Akoni's on the other side. I don't know who they have on the left hand side. Uh, he's probably fast. It's not Frank Ribery anymore, is it? No, exactly. He's probably quite quick, whoever it is. But I just think that's better. Unless we go with a three and it gives Nielsen that extra bit of cover to have Haring alongside him. But I don't know. I don't know. I three, think it's three five really two and go for it. Yeah, but they, but that's the thing. If you play a three, you're really allowing yourself. Oh, they were asking for it. Yeah, that, like, lambs to the slaughter. Then yeah, I think we need to play a four. But it's just we're in a situation where the injuries are <laughs> killing us. Score predictions for Fiorentina and Kelly. 
4-0 loss to Fiorentina. Wow, Jesus Christ. And a 1-0 loss to Kelly because it's us versus Kelly. We'll obviously get beat. Oh, I, you know it's bad when I'm slightly more optimistic by, the, <laughs> by, my, by my predictions. <laughs> uh, I was going to say 3-1 Fiorentina. I can't see a scoring right. now. No, you said that, so I'll go threes up. Do I see a scoring in here? Sure. Potentially, but we'll probably still get beat. <laughs> so, 2-1, two, two Kelly. Either okay. Shankland or Forrest to score, given their, their United affiliations. Ah, of course. Um, yeah. I, oh, I want to put a positive spin on things, but it's just not nice. No. Hearts do this. Like, Why? You literally feel look at the opposition, you feel, but you feel great. You literally feel on top of the world. All it takes I'm is still two buzzing wins. for it. Like. I'm like, yes, we're fucking back, and then we've just come crashing back down to earth. Nah. And don't get me wrong, it, like the 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 games against Fiorentina are going to be just magical. Yeah. I cannot wait to get over there. It'll be unbelievable because they, they reckon that there's something like. 5,000 I think cared. some of them yeah travelling like, I don't know yeah god it's knows crazy. if you're on that 8.20 flight from Edinburgh to Milan the Wednesday night give us a shout see you there um, and I'm heading home via Bologna and Amsterdam on the Friday Jesus man the, th- the things I do for this football club wow he says having not been away this season but <laughs> I'm going to Killy so it's alright um, right Let's move on to the quiz. I'm sick of talking. Yeah, so I'm going to be shit at this. I'm still in and holiday brain mode. This is this is the best segment of the show. The rest of it's largely irrelevant. Um, so so this will be good. What have we got in here? We have a multiple choice: true or false? Who am I? Yeah, that's cool. us in our five. First of which is first question. How many red cards were shown in the six Scottish Premiership matches this weekend? The one week when I don't watch sports scenes, so I've well, you got no idea. to blame, mate. Three. Are you just saying that off the cuff? No idea. Three. That's <laughs> the correct answer. Yes! Who else was it? Who else was it? Callum McGregor of Celtic, Cammy Devlin of Hearts and St Mirren's, Jonah Ayunga all sent off against Motherwell, uh, Rangers and Livingston, respectively. The only reason I said three is because I was like, well, it's clearly not just Devlin, because you wouldn't ask the question. (laughs) It's it's probably more than two. Would there be four red cards across the week? Probably not. It's a lot. Nice. Yeah. Class start. (laughs) Question number two. Uh, What was the aggregate scoreline of the four league meetings between Hearts and Rangers last season? Oh, this does right. not bode so, well for this does not bode well for reading. So last season, so not including the, the one we just had. Right, we drew one all at Ibrox. We did. That was we our only beat. positive result against yeah. Rangers that entire campaign. We got beat five 0 at Ibrox. We did. So that's seven. What the hell? I think we got beat two 0 at Oh, oh aggregate scoreline. Oh, so six one. I think we got beat 2 0 at Tyne Castle. I don't know if that's right though. So, 8 1. And I cannot remember the other game. I have no idea what the other game is. I can't even think of how early it was. The very last game of the Scottish Premiership season, I'll give you a wee hand. Ahead of that final. Oh, God, I only know that we scored. I know that Haring scored and we went 1-0 up, but I cannot remember if they scored three or four. So what have I so before that game have I said it's eight one? Yes you have. I'll go twelve two. Cause I think we I think we got beat four one, but it might have been five. A decade. Twelve two. It was three one that day. It's eleven two was oh, the was it? score line. You did why very did well we, up to why then. Why do I think we got bad? Because it was the backup brigade. And yes. it, was, it was embarrassing, but no matter. Well, it was one goal. You were unlucky, mate. You were unlucky. Yeah. You gave it a good effort. That was, yeah. that was impressive. Um, your multiple choice is, how many clubs have played in more Serie A seasons than Fiorentina? Is it A, 3, B, 4, or C, 5? Right. 
you have to imagine both Milan clubs will have. Juventus probably haven't because they got knackered yeah. and had yeah. to go match fixing scandal. Yeah. Because I just never think of Fiorentina out with the Serie A. What were the options, sorry? Two, three, and four? Uh, no, A3, B4, C5. Right. So it's at least both Milan clubs and somebody, at the very least. It's probably oh, not yeah. three, because... G- given your three options, you know, three, four, or five, that would suggest. Yeah. yeah. So you won't. <laughs> it won't be three, because you won't have three be the answer to two questions. I don't see five other teams... I think they're both Milan sides, Bologna, and like Roma. Oh, but Roma and Lazio. I'm going to go with four. Is the correct answer. Very good. Who are they? Both Both Milan Milan clubs, Roma, and it actually is Juventus, despite their match fixing scandal. Is it? Is it? They're the four. So, well done. Good knowledge. That, that was pure. That wasn't knowledge. That was purely just <laughs> math no, based like, it, was, logic. it was a. It was a guesstimate. It was, yeah, it was a true. guesstimate. Yeah. Uh, your true or false is Fiorentina have reached the final of all three major continental cup competitions. Now I should I should specify this. Obviously, the conference season's inaugural season was last season. Yeah, so when I say this, I mean the European Cup or Champions League the UEFA Cup or Europa League uh, and the European Cup Winners' Cup. Right, because I was going to say, well, that's false because they didn't get to the Conference League final, but right, that uh, makes sense. Uh, yeah, I had to, had to clarify ha- that there. So to get to the Cup Winners' Cup, they'd need to have won one of them. I'm going to go true. It is true. Very good, MacIver. Uh, they were the first Italian team to reach a European Cup final. In 1956, That's what I thought. 57, I thought that. Yeah. They lost, lost that to Real Madrid. They lost the UEFA Cup to Juve, arch rivals Juve, mm-hmm. in 1989-90. And they won the Cup Winners' Cup in 1960-61, where they actually beat, of all teams, our weekend opponent Rangers oh, in, a, in a two-legged <laughs> final. So there you go. The only reason, by the way, I knew that Real Madrid stat is because I saw a stat um, about all Real Madrid's wins and it said ah. versus Fiorentina. Nice. So you've you've done three you've got three out of four. You've done really yeah. well. The only I'm, one that's like down was God, And I was only a goal off. You Jesus. always do this. You, you always done. give me questions where it's like I get no points for like having to remember nine folk. Hey, you did well. Who scored oh, yeah, all the oh, goals yeah, against the, the, the United? I get everybody except one and didn't get any fucking points. That was a belter right. of a question. As is this. Oh, God. You're who am I? <laughs> Bear in mind, I finally got off the mark yes. last, last time out. It's 3 1. Hallelujah. Or is it 4 1? I can't mind. I think it's 4. I think it is 4 1. Right. Can I make it 5 1? Can we I, get the big score? I, I really, really hope not. I'll be, I'll be very impressed if you do get this. Right. Okay, strap yourself in. Here we go. Right. I joined the Jambos from St Johnston after spells with three clubs playing in the English leagues. I am responsible for one of the most controversial Second City derby goals in the history. I made just one appearance for the Jambos, coming on as a substitute in an eventual 1-0 loss to Celtic at Parkhead. I was capped 12 times by my country in a decade, and I signed for Hearts aged 35 before leaving to sign for a club in my homeland after 14 years abroad. Who am I? Right, wait, hold on, hold on. You're going to need to repeat them because the amount of clues I forgot the first year. Right, so go through them all again. I joined the Jambos from St Johnston after spells with three clubs playing in the English leagues. I am responsible for one of the most controversial Second City derby goals in history. I made just one appearance for the Jambos coming on as a substitute in an eventual 1-0 loss to Celtic at Parkhead. I was capped 12 times by my country in a decade, and I signed for Hearts aged 35 before leaving to sign for a club in my homeland after 14 years abroad. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Looking at that shake of the head. That is ridiculous. Right, tell me the clubs he played for. Right, hold on. I'm just getting these wiki up. <laughs> I knew that you were going to ask that question. First and foremost. Right, okay. 
Here we go. Right. Senior career. Uh, TPS Turku. Aston Villa. Blackburn Rovers. Initially on loan before signing a permanent deal. Cardiff City. Initially on loan before signing a permanent, a permanent deal. St Johnston. Hearts. And IFK Mariehamn. Right. Did you tell me in the clues what year he signed? No, I didn't. What year did he sign? Uh, 2012 to 13. Oh, so no. on, on the 17th of August 2012, this man signed a short term deal with Hearts uh, until January 2013. Right. I'm telling you now, I'm not getting it. Because I don't think I could name you five players in that squad. <laughs> Nobody cares, because it was the year after the Cup. Yeah, won. I literally have no memories of that season at all. I have none. Well, was McGlynn Ball not looking full flow then? I did, Ken. I think it was. Was it? 2012? Yeah, did, did McGlynn not succeed Sergio? I can't mind. I'm fairly certain John McGlynn succeeded Paolo Sergio. Did he? Hold on a second. Why am I, why am I doubting this? <laughs> I'm going to look at our gaffers, our list of gaffers. Club staff. Where's the list of... Oh, list of hard mid-loading managers. Yeah, Paolo Sergio and then John McGlynn, yeah. Before right, I've got Lowe. an extra clue out of you. But I know, you bastard. That. <laughs> right. Who did McGlynn it, it, it does not help at all. No, that is the most pointless clue of all time. Yeah, because I, ge- I genuinely don't even have a name. Like, I don't have anybody <laughs> in my head that we signed that was that old, that then left so quick. Especially because he left so quickly, I won't have any memory of him. <laughs> if anybody's got any memory of him, I'll be amazed. I don't know why the hell he popped it in my head the other week. The problem is... I'm going to have to say a name that I know didn't sign for during that time, which is annoying. It's going to be like ridiculous. Like John Sutton or somebody. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was the final club he played for, sorry? Uh, the final club he played for uh, was uh, IFK Mariehamn. I don't even know who they are. <laughs> um. Who are they? IFK. Yeah. <laughs> are they Norwegian? I don't know. Joey. Um, <laughs> no, go on. No, what were you going to say? No, I, don't know. I was going to say my final clue was I signed for Hearts age 35 before leaving the Cyber Club in my homeland after 14 years abroad. The only name that's popping in my head is only popping in my head because of a joke Andy Driver told me. If you and get it's not this, I him. swear to God. It's not, <laughs> cause, and also, he signed way before this because he was playing with Driver. Who is it? Who's in your head? The only name in my head was Larry Kingston because oh. he kept lying about his age. <laughs> so it's just nobody ever knew how old he was. He said he was 23, but in reality he was 38. With four kids or something. <laughs> I, c- I couldn't name you a person in that squad <laughs> that isn't like Ryan McGowan. <laughs> I have a feeling it's no Ryan McGowan. Um, right, I'm just going to go... I have to say a name. You're just going to random stab in the dark. I rate that. Yeah. Because this, this was solid. I had to make it intentionally solid. Oh, I know who I want to say, but I can't remember his name. No, that doesn't make any sense because he was 20 when he left. Thingy, who came on against Celtic in the semi-final who was maybe class at set pieces and was absolutely awful. Dennis Pritchenko. Yeah, Yeah. aye. That's what I wanted to say. But that that makes no sense because he was like a child. That Um, was one of the worst I have ever seen after the fan base building him to high heaven. Exactly. Right, I'm going to go with a childhood favourite of mine, just because I've no thought of him in a while, Phil Stapp. 
stamp kicking about for us in 2012. Yeah, is it? Is it? I'm pretty confident. Is it Phil Stamp? I'm sorry at this point, Kyra, but it's not Phil Stamp. I think he not. played in the kit you were waiting. <laughs> I think he did. I think this is what we're do. That's the Derby talk that he scored in. Right, who was it? The correct answer was Peter Enkelman. I only really vaguely know that name. Is he a goalie? It's a goalie. Yeah. I don't even really know who he is. I can't prob- picture him at all. <laughs> you probably know him because have you seen that goal that he concedes for Aston Villa against Birmingham? The one that goes under his foot? Yes. Is that who... He played for us? Yeah. No idea. I didn't even know that. <laughs> he made one appearance for us. Oh, and he's that, Finnish. In that not game Celtic. Yeah. Yeah, hence the IFK Mariham. Well, that is genuinely bright. I had no that idea he played for us. I had no but idea he played really? for us. Really? So there was no, you know, no. God knows why he popped into my head, but I, I just, I just remembered. I can't. I want to say that I saw like his name appear on like Twitter Sorry. or maybe heard it in a podcast or something. I don't know. I was like, I remember Peter Enkelman. Absolutely hopeless goalkeeper. One appearance. One appearance too many. Exactly. My goodness. Right, well, sadly it wasn't Phil Stamp, but regardless, we hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. There's been a lot, there's going to be a hell of a lot this month, especially with the amount of games we have, so we hope you are enjoying the show. If you are, please leave us a like. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe and comment as well. If you're just listening to us on a podcast platform, please share that about and please leave a review on that podcast platform. It massively helps us. If you want to contact us, we're at Perta Paisley on everything. We've also got an email, pertapaisley at gmail.com. Adam, where can they get you on all the socials? Uh, they can get me on all the socials. Be sure to tweet me at Adam T. Kendall if you've got Peter Enkelman or, you know, if your breath smells. What about you, MacIver? I'm at dmcaiver 22 We'll be back next week to discuss Fiorentina, Kelly, preview upcoming games, hopefully speak about some historic European wins, but quite unlikely to be honest. But regardless, we'll see what happens. And we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Come on the house!